This episode of Experiences You Should Have is brought to you by Soul Blends, handcrafted in Oregon from botanicals to bottle, multiple healing balms, salves, and moisturizing products to bring life to your skin. Check out Soul Blends and use the code EYSH to receive 10% off your order. It's, it's, it's really flat. Once in a while, you climb like a thousand foot headland and you go up and over. And, you know, there's tons of support, you know, in the local towns and people. And you have to learn how to backpack somewhere and you wanted to do a long hike. I mean, I think this would be a great one. Welcome to Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. I'm your host, Gail Manasco, and today we are getting down with the OCT. You know me. That's right. We're talking about hiking the Oregon Coast Trail with Brian Tansman. Now, Brian is a seasoned hiker. He has been Um, going on through hikes for the last 20 years. And the Appalachian Trail is actually what got him started back in 2002 after reading um, an article about it in the San Diego newspaper. We actually have an episode on hiking the Appalachian Trail as well as some other through hikes like the Te Araroa, the CDT, the Continental Divide Trail, um, the PCT, the Florida Trail, um, and many more. But I was, I've been really interested about the Oregon Coast Trail. It's actually not a super well known trail. And, and it's quite different than an average through hike, as there's lots of, there is road walking, um, beach hiking, and just the amazing scenery on the Oregon coast. Now, I live in Oregon, and the Oregon coast is actually one of my happy spots. There's just something about seeing where the land meets the sea, and the Oregon coast can be quite angry and majestic at the same time. And this is a hike that's on my list, and it's fairly doable to be able to do this in a month. Uh, So if you don't have that time frame to do a five or six month hike, uh, this is something that you could do in a month and even have access to internet along the way um, because you are hitting up Oregon Coast towns along the way. Uh, So this is, I'm very, I'm very intrigued by this. Uh, This is moved up the list for me and sit back, listen, and learn with Brian on experiences that you should have. Welcome, Brian, to Experiences You Should Have. And I am so excited to be talking about the Oregon Coast Trail because the Oregon Coast is one of my favorite places in the world. So happy to have you here. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Excited to talk about the OCT. Yeah. So you hiked the OCT in what year? Uh, 2019. I believe it was August, so about three years ago. Wow, you timed that perfectly. Well I done. Did. 
Yes, very much. <laughs> oh my gosh. Little did you know. Uh, was this the last through hike you've done or have you done any throughout COVID? Uh, yeah, I have almost continuously hiked through the entire pandemic on very obscure trails kind of in the middle of nowhere in the U.S. So yeah, I, uh, I'm a serial hiker who just works maybe three months a year and, and hikes the other nine. And so COVID maybe threw a little wrench into the plans, but I kind of avoided the the big popular trails that maybe were having some issues and crowding and did a lot of like really random obscure things. Wow. So I'm, I'm just curious, what, what job do you have that allows you to hike nine months out of the year? Yeah, so I could probably fill an entire podcast with this, but the short story is uh, I do accounting, so very, very boring compared to my my on-trail life, and uh, I just, I got, um, I'm 46 now, and I got a job out of college at a large accounting firm, and kind of very long story short, I'm, I'm just seasonal now, and they're just always really busy in the winter, which is kind of, I'm in the audit side, but it's the same as the tax side, where you're just very busy in the winter, so Typically, I just come back for like January, February, March when they're really busy. And then like April through November, I hike. And then like December, I would spend with family. And so it's just turned out to be like this really ideal situation where I can make pretty decent money for three months and then just really live uh, a much nicer life the rest of the year. Wow. Well done. Well done. I'm Applause is coming from here because you figured it out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's turned out to be really great. And I guess, you know, I, I've talked about this a little bit before elsewhere. And like, what are the like, little pieces of advice is really the reason it, it works is not only is my, my company really busy, but I'm also like very interchangeable. And so when I come in, I just take work from like all of my peers, because they're too busy. And then when I leave, I just give my work back to them. And so you know, <laughs> if, if you're like, maybe in corporate accounting, where you're like, some specific, like the accounts payable specialist, if you leave, you know, they have to hire a new person and then, you know, there's nobody, you know, they, they have to find someone to take your job and there's no job to go back to. So yeah, I'm, I'm very interchangeable, which actually is a good thing in this, in this, in this life. Oh, good job. Really good job. Um, yeah. I, I'm always curious how through hikers make it work with their life. And uh, that that's an interesting that's an interesting one. Um, so as far as hiking the OCT, uh, the Oregon Coast Trail, can you just describe to our listeners what the OCT and and how long it is? Yeah, so the OCT is about four hundred miles long. It starts up right at the Oregon Washington border, so right at the, the mouth of the Columbia River. And it extends down to the uh, Oregon-California border. Uh, and there's, we actually did a bit of an extension, which I can, I can talk to in a, a little bit. But yeah, about 400 miles, and it just literally follows the, the coastline of Oregon. But as we can probably talk about, it is not just a beach walk, as someone might think. Right, because you think Oregon Coast Trail, that you're just walking on the beach the entire time. Um, but this is a unique trail in that it does take you on the beach, whereas other trails are definitely not on the beach. Yeah, it's a super unique trail compared to anything else in the U.S. I mean, there's there's really 
nothing else. There's nothing else like it that I would say is that's also this complete. Um, there is kind of there 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 are, there have been a couple of people that I think have walked the entire coast, like the entire west coast of the U.S., kind of from the you know Washington Canadian border down to the U.S. Mexico border. But much of in the California Coastal Trail is a real thing, um, you know, spanning the entire length of California. But it's it's not nearly as complete as the Oregon Coast Trail, and that, so I think that's one of the real special things about the OCT is it's just actually reasonably complete. Wow. What, what did you love about the Oregon coast trail other than its completeness? <laughs> and I, and I, should, I should caveat that as I've probably mentioned. So when I, and when I say complete, it's, it's not completely complete. There's, there's <laughs> and I could get it maybe it's a little bit of a tangent, but maybe, maybe I'll just go into it. Yeah. I and mean, so the Oregon coast, you know, as a description, a better description. So the Oregon coast trail, like we were saying, it's not just a beach walk. Like it sounds so, that sounds so cushy, but it's not just a beach walk. Um, it's a mixture of walking on the beach and then you hit like a headland that's jutting out into the ocean. And so you have to like go up and over the headland, hopefully on a trail. Or if there's no trail, you're going to walk around that headland on a road. Uh, you also might be just walking down the beach and you're going to hit like a major river or like a bay or an estuary. And you can't, you know, you can't get across it on foot. So you're either going to catch a boat um, and, and I can get into that a little bit more. Or again, you're going to walk or you're going to again walk around on a road. And so there's all these obstacles in the way to actually just walking on the beach. Uh, and so because of that, you actually end up with about 25 percent of the trail is on roads, depending on how many boats you can catch and things like that. So for a lot of people. You know, the dream of just walking 400 miles on the beach, it's not exactly true. And so I'm always hesitant just to say this trails for everybody. Um, but for, for, like for, for us, and I, when I say, I'll probably say we a lot, my, my, my partner, Heather, and I hike most of our trails together. And so um, for us, it was, you know, really great. And we don't mind, I mean, we don't love the road walking, but we don't mind the road walking in order to kind of do the whole thing and have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how many miles do you think you hiked on the road? So we, I kept a detail. I don't normally do this, but I kept like a super detailed list because when we were thinking of doing the Oregon coast trail, we really mostly read kind of terrible things. And I, and I think it's gotten, I actually think it's gotten better in the last three years as more people have done it. But what the blogs that were out there, everyone was just going nuts about the road walking and, and, you know, the road walking is sometimes it's, it's, you know, a lot of times it's highway 101. And so we, we didn't know what to expect. And so we did 43 miles on highway 101. Uh, generally speaking, highway 101 actually has like a very big shoulder, even though there's just really heavy traffic. And then occasionally there's like a death defying section of highway 101. That's, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. It's very rare. We only, um, this is actually a funny story. The, the worst part of Highway 101, and maybe since you know the Oregon coast, have you ever, I don't know if you're familiar with the Hasita Tunnel? Uh-huh, I do. So you have to walk through the Hasita Tunnel, <laughs> except, you know, maybe you don't, you might not notice this if you're in a car, but if you're a pedestrian, there is no, there's not even a lane. I mean, the cars fit side by side in the tunnel. Yeah. And there's like a, a button you can push for if you're a bicyclist to put on some like flashing lights. 
but they only last for like 30 seconds or something. <laughs> and so we, um, we, our strategy was we actually, instead of walking in the traffic and being like mowed down by an 18 wheeler coming through the truck, through the tunnel, yeah. we, we actually just got in like the lane of traffic in this, you know, going the same direction. And we basically just blocked the lane. Like we waited until there was a break in traffic and then we started running as fast as we could. But then when a car finally caught us, you know, they were, you know, people are really cool. So they just slowed down behind us. And then, and then they were like protecting us by just driving, you know, five miles an hour behind us for like the next like 30 seconds until we got through the tunnel. Wow. So that was our, and then of course, right after the Hasita tunnel, there's like three more miles of really curvy, windy road with a uh-huh. very, a very narrow shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the normal experience. I mean, I would say that normally we had like a, a four to six foot wide shoulder and it was just no big deal. And, you know, 43 miles in total and, and very little bits and pieces. And then on top of that, there's like another 60 miles that we did on kind of like side streets, um, smaller roads, uh, roads through towns on sidewalks. So, you know, it does add up to a hundred miles out of a 400 mile trail, which for some people that may not be the experience they want to have. Um, right. So that's kind of, that's kind of the full disclosure, you know, there's 300 great miles. There's 60, you know, moderately road walking quiet miles. And there's like 40 highway 101 miles. Wow. Wow. My gosh. I, it's so funny. Just as you're telling that story about the tunnel and the windy roads right after the tunnel, I was just there last weekend. I went, I went through the same tunnel and I was thinking about you. I knew this interview was coming up and I'm like, where's the trail? Where, where is it? And I, you know, and I see there's no shoulder and I'm like, maybe there's something I don't know. Maybe there's something that goes around here. No, you look on that. Yeah. You would hope that you would be on the beach, of course, but I, I, I don't recall what the issue was, but I'm sure there was like a headwind or, uh, or there was some reason I, I know we couldn't be on the beach. And so that the Cita tunnel has become quite famous. Mm-hmm. So, so I was staying right on the beach, um, north of Yahats, and there's a big sandy, uh, beach in front that I realized was part of the Oregon coast trail. But the thing is it's covered during high tides. Um, so I'm like, so again, I was thinking about you. I'm like, you really have to know your tide schedule and, and what they're doing in order to hike parts of this trail. Correct. Yeah, totally. And that's another really unique factor of this trail is you have to really be on top of your like planning and your, your tides. That's, it's actually the, one of the biggest things of the whole trail. So we, we use the, um, I guess called Tides Now Oregon. There's a, a, you know, a free app that's really basic. And we use that to um, kind of plan our tides. And then really you know, on a, almost on a daily basis, you're, you're not just planning like, you know, the tides for the beach. So you're, you're, you're planning a little bit for your walking on the beach tides, but usually in the summer, the tides are low enough that they don't kind of block the entire beach. But mm-hmm. if, you, if you happen to catch a stretch of beach at high tide, you might be walking in like the deep sand or something, which is not as much fun as low tide when it's hard packed. Right, um, right. But then on top of that, you have actually a lot of like small river crossings that are crossable on foot, but only at like low tide. So we would be planning our days in these weird ways where like what, like one day you get up at like 
5 a.m. to reach a small river at low tide, but then you could only hike like, you know, maybe a few more hours before you hit like another river at high tide. And we would just camp. We would just camp because we couldn't go anywhere else that day. Right. Um, so yeah, we were always like, it was really weird. We were always like, it was like a big, like hurry up cross and then like wait. And that this wasn't a, every single day of the hike, but there was a fair number of them where we really had a, to nail our tides. And then, and then there are, and as you mentioned, there are actually some, some specific sections where the water just comes right up to the cliff face and there's no way through it unless you just wait for low tide. Right. Right. Wow. Okay. So you mentioned this trail starts up near the, the Washington border. Um, so that would be a southbound hike. Yeah. So I think that most people would want to go southbound. This is, um, it's also a thing in the cycling community, the people who, who cycle from Canada to Mexico on the Pacific coast highway, mm-hmm. the, the summer prevailing winds go from North to South. And so you know, even walking, like I wouldn't have thought it would be that big of a deal, but there was, a, there was a, we had a, we had a day where the, the winds shifted in some like light rain, and, you know, cold weather came in and it was so annoying to walk, you know, into the wind. We we're being pelted with sand, like in our face. Mm. So normally going southbound, I think you're going to be walking with the wind and just makes life a lot easier, but technically you can go northbound if you don't mind walking into the wind and dealing with a few more hardships, I guess. Okay. All right. So, so you started with your partner going southbound. Um, can you just take me on part of the trail? Yeah. Um, I will, I will admit that I'm, I feel like I'm very good on giving lots of planning information. I'm very bad at remembering very specific details of, of what I've done. Yeah. Uh, I, I do. Rem- yeah. So I, I do, I, I guess I would, Sometimes I, if I guess if I were to like break it up into sections and stuff, like yeah. the, the first third of the trail, I think that was our favorite part. That was the best. Like for us, it was about the first week. Um, we did about 23 days total. And so that first week for us was just, I don't know, it was just kind of the most magical. Maybe we were just a little bit awestruck by, you know, being on a, tra- a type of trail, an ocean trail that we've never been on before. But the combination of just like walking on the beaches and going over these headlands, which are, I think they're basically rainforest. If, if they're not rainforest, they look like a rainforest. Um, are just, yeah, the headlands are so cool. Like, you know, we always thought we'd want to be on the beach all the time, but actually it was really nice to get off the beach and go through like this really lush jungle um, over the headlands. And it just seemed like that first week we were just either on the beach or going over these headlands on really good trail. And occasionally you'd walk through a small town and we had very few road walking miles and you walk, you, you walk through kind of, I think some of the more famous and you, you probably, I'm sure know the coast, even though I've walked the coast, you probably remember it better than I do. There was, there's like a, a shipwreck up, up there by the Columbia mouth, like the, the Peter Irwin or the Peter something shipwreck. Um, it's right on the beach. Um, there's some old, like, there's like this, this place called like hug point where like cars used to drive across the rocks and you have to like get through there at high tide or at low tide. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know for us, that was like the most magical section. Right. Uh, then you kind of move into like the middle third and the middle third feels got a little bit more road walking. It feels more urban. You kind of seem to hit more of the larger towns. It felt like 
And it was still, you know, nice enough, but I feel like that's where we did more of our Highway 101 road walking. And then the bottom third is really remote. It felt really much more remote, mm-hmm. um, far fewer towns. Uh, the, and then the beach, it's weird. It actually, the beach, it actually changes the, um, I guess for about the first two thirds, you, uh, over to your east is the, the coastal, I think it's called the coastal mountain range. And then once you get down to that bottom third, like the mountains change from the coastal range to the Klamath range. And so your, your, it's weird. Your beach sand changes all of a sudden, like you're walking through this, like heavily more gritty beach sand. That's much, much harder to walk in. Oh. It's something, to, something to do with the mountains. I'm not an expert in, in geology here, but something to do with the, the mountain range and how it all kind of filters down to the ocean. So it was a, a weird change. That's interesting. I didn't know that about the Oregon coast, but I'm usually not experiencing different sections of the coast. Um, I'm usually going to the central area and randomly the north. So I didn't, I didn't know the wreck that you talked about, even though I probably should. Yeah, uh, I think it's really close to the, it's actually like within the, like our first day of hiking from the, from the mouth of the Columbia, there's something, there's just like, yeah, there's a cool shipwreck, like right, you know, half buried in the sand, I guess. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, a lot of people, many, many people. Very cool. Now, did you come across other uh, Oregon Coast Trail hikers? Uh, you know, we, I think we met one or two people. Uh, yeah, I, I think if I recall, we met one or two people hiking um, the Oregon Coast Trail. But otherwise, you know, you, you do see just like, you know, as you can imagine, some days you just see like tons of other people. You know, there's just, depending on which tourist town you're, you're walking by, uh, you, you, there might be tons of people, but yeah, we didn't see too many OCT hikers, but I think, I think it's been growing in popularity a little bit. There's a, there's typically like a, a class, like Facebook group, like OCT 2021, 2022. Right. And I kind of, I kind of feel like there's like more activity, uh, you know, in the last few years. So I bet you there's probably more hikers out there. And then, um, kind of a funny, like little tangent. You know, maybe maybe kind of also kind of talk about what you said. What makes this trail special? I think what makes the trail a little bit special for some people is that with the um, with the very famous Pacific Crest Trail, right, seemingly like constantly being on fire every year, right. There's been this really funny surge of P- they they call them like PCT refugees, like getting off of the PCT because of fire, and a lot of them have been going to the Oregon Coast Trail. And so out of nowhere, and it becomes kind of like a viral thing where like, you know, the hikers all talk amongst themselves and the word passes down the trail. And before you know it, like the Oregon Coast Trail for a very short time in the summer just has like, I don't know, like, you know, dozens and dozens of PCT hikers coming down it. And I think people in town are like, where, where are all these hikers coming from? Like, this is really, you know? So that, that's been a thing in depending, I know it's, I think it started in 2017 or, not, or I think it was maybe 17. There was a big fire year and all of a sudden, like it just became like, Oh, this is the place to go when the PCT is on fire, when you're through hiking. <laughs> you know, I've always wondered what the PCTers did when it's on fire because it's on fire for at least a solid month. I feel like. Yeah. It's gone crazy. I think this year during the pandemic, especially last year during the pandemic, I think the big thing was they went, a lot of people went to the Colorado trail. I heard. Okay. Um, that was a big one too, but I think the OCT is actually still a, a big thing for PCT hikers when you need a, in fact, I even actually know, I have like a, a hiker friend who, uh, when he hiked the PCT, so much of the, of Oregon was just on fire, like little mm-hmm. fires or more big fires. 
it was just such a pain to get around them all that they actually just him and his little group literally just substituted the entire PCT in Oregon with the Oregon coast trail and said, Hey, like that's close enough. It's a, it's a, a 400 mile, you know, it's, it's the state of Oregon, you know, good enough. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, and the thing is, is that many times when, when Oregon is on fire, a lot of times it's not as smoky on the Oregon coast. So it's a great place to go if you're trying to escape the smoke. Um, it'll usually be a bit better over there. Yeah. We've been smoke refugees over there and it's, we just know if it gets really bad where you get the order where you can't leave your house due to smoke, a lot of times we can drive straight to the Oregon coast and breathe air. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, so interesting. So you, you went through a lot of different towns on the OCT. What was your favorite town? Uh, I will, I will say that my favorite town is the one that had a cheap motel where we could take a day off and relax. And there are not very many of those on the OCT. Um, I think like, I think, I know this is a, a funny way to answer the question, but I think, I think, I think there's a town called Lincoln, which I'm sure is not a tour, an Oregon, you know, popular tourist town, but it had like a, a cheap motel where we could just take a night off and enjoy ourselves. Uh, <laughs> Every other town that we walk through, you know, I'm sure I could describe it as cute or quaint or, but as a hiker who just wants to like, like, you know, I don't want to pay $200 for a B&B right. uh, on, my, on, my, on my night off. So yeah, I'm not going to have the, the, the typical, like this town was like the cutest little town out there. For me, it's like, if I could find like a pizza buffet and a cheap <laughs> motel. That, that will be my favorite town. I think also uh, maybe New Bend comes to mind. I think that's maybe a, a Southern town, maybe a Southern Oregon town. New, uh, uh, North Bend. North Bend, North, North Bend. Bend. Yeah. 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 That was the other, I think those were the only two towns that I remember where we could like reasonably find like good lodging, you know, especially in the summer, right? You know, peak season. <laughs> yeah. So you're hiking this in the summer, which I feel like is really hard to get a spot at a campground. Um, so how, how were you doing it along the trail? Were you just camping and not designated camping spots or, or, or do you have to make reservations? Yeah. So this is, yeah, yeah, this is, this is a really interesting question for this trail. Like, so like, yeah, like we were talking about like the P like the Pacific crest trail, you basically just hike 20 miles a day or whatever you're doing. And you can just almost make camp anywhere. There's very little planning involved. It's super easy. The OCT is like the exact opposite. It's probably one of the hardest trails to figure out camping. And so that was like, that was our biggest, other than the tides, camping was by far our biggest planning issue. Mm -hmm. Um, There's multiple ways of doing it. So for example, like there's folks out there and, and, you know, maybe whether this is like your one hike and, you know, this is where you want to spend all of your money, or maybe you're just really well off. There's people who will just, you know, camp every night in some sort of like designated campground or like a bed and breakfast or a motel, anything that they can get access to. But that, of course, it entails like getting Ubers or really even Uber doesn't operate on the Oregon coast right. in a lot of places. And right. so getting, getting taxis, which are, it, it's real, I mean, it's just outrageously expensive to do it that way, but it definitely works for certain people. Um, you know, people like us, we're, we're not on like 
a crazy budget, but we're just, you know, we're, we're serial hikers. So we're, we're never spending tons of money. Um, and we've just done lots of hiking and kind of, we have like this weird skill of camping. So we're, we, we were very creative with what we did. Um, so the, the first thing is that technically it's legal to camp on the, on the beach in Oregon, oh. which is super, so it's a weird, so it's really funny. So like, um, one of the things we had read about was like, like one of the things that seems like the state of Oregon's really proud of is like way back in the day, they, they passed some law stating that like, you know, up to the high time, the entire coast of Oregon is public access, mm-hmm. which isn't actually necessarily normal. Like in California, there's a lot of places where I think it's, you know, they've got private access right. and they try to bl- block people off. And then on top of that, they've made camping legal, except it's technically legal, but then you're not allowed to camp within the town limits on the beach. And really for the first like third or two thirds of the trail, those little towns, their, 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 their quote, you know, town limit is very connected. And so (laughs) occasionally we would like, we actually would be using Google maps and we would look at like what the town limit on Google maps was. And we might camp like in the quarter mile between the town limits. So like that was, that was one way we would do it. The other, the other issue is you're, you're not allowed to camp in any state parks. And like, you know, if you're not on the beach, you're typically in like a state park. And so they make it like, they make it really difficult to camp. And so there was a few times where we were in a state park that was very, you know, remote or just was very quiet. And we just, a couple of nights, we just made camp in a small spot like on basically next to the trail in a state park, which technically you're, you're, you know, you're not supposed to do, but we just, you know, there wasn't a lot of options. Occasionally we tried our best to, you know, we definitely tried our best to camp, you know, legally and and appropriately. Um, And then there's also the snowy plover, which, you know, I'm all for the environment, but sometimes the snowy plover, they, they close off like vast stretches of the beaches to camping and walking not walking on the beach, but like walking up by the dunes because there's like the snowy plover is like a protected bird. Okay. And so we would, we would get to our, like we would get to our planned camp spot. Cause we're like, okay, like this is a legal place to camp. Uh, and then there was like, there was like a snowy plover closure. And so we had a lot of jokes about, you know, maybe the snowy plover would go extinct so we could camp or something. Um, yeah. So that's the, and then, and then there are, um, there are camp, there are campgrounds on highway 101 for like, you know, there's the big campgrounds like you were talking about. And then they always have, they almost always have hiker biker sites. And so that's a, that's a thing for the cyclists. And then, and, and as a hiker too, if you can time your day to end at like one of those big campsites, I think you can get a hiker biker site without even a reservation. Okay. Um, so that's a pretty good option, but you know, personally, if I'm like walking this beautiful Oregon coast all day, the last thing I want to do is camp like in a hiker biker campsite. that's like a stone's throw away from highway 101. So we tried, we tried to avoid that. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. So, so just a few logistics. Um, I know we've already started getting into it, but how much did you budget knowing your camping style for the OCT? Um, that's a tough question just because like we never, 
we never really like put together like a specific budget. I, I think the best way I can answer that is that if you, if you're, if you, if you've hiked long trails before the OCT can be as cheap or as expensive as you want it to be. So, you know, you could go, I mean, I mean, basically you could walk on 10 day, $10 a day of food and really not stay. It's a short trail. So you wouldn't really need to stay in many motel rooms if you can kind of creatively camp and it would just be, you know, it would be very, very cheap. Um, And then of course, on the flip side, like I was talking about, you could just go, go completely nuts and stay in really nice bed and breakfast, which, which would be awesome if you can do that. Um, So, yeah. And then the other thing with Wendy probably is, you know, we tried to carry a little bit of food, like at least a few days worth of food from like the bigger grocery stores. Um, Mm -hmm. Typically you on the OCT, you you usually will walk through like a small town on a daily basis or at least every other day. And some of those grocery stores can just be prohibitively expensive to try to resupply from. Mm -hmm. So that's another way to kind of save money is to maybe buy at the the larger grocery and carry three or four days of food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so you started this in August. Was this early August, mid August, late August? Yeah, it was uh, August 6th. And when did you end the trail? Uh, we finished. So we took 23 days to hike the, the OCT. Yeah. And then we spent another week. So we continued on in the California. And I would super recommend this for anyone else doing it. You can just continue walking in the California and you actually end up in like red, you know, in the Redwood State and National Parks there. And that mm. was just like an epic finish. You know, it was a, a mixture of beach walking and then, you know, the Redwoods. And that was just like such a great way to finish a hike. So we ended up doing about an extra 100 miles. And so we did about 500 miles in total. Wow. Wow. Well done. Well done. So curious for other people who might want to hike the OCT, you did this in August, but what would be the month spread where they could start this hike? Yeah. Um, at this point, I won't, I definitely won't profess to be the expert. I, I think it's a, I think it's a summer trail. I think it's the kind of, I mean, I think it's, it's a, I think the best time to hike it, I think would be in the summer. Like the coast is not really, it never gets really that hot. And you're just going to kind of have the best weather. And it was, it was great for us. I mean, I think it's one of those hikes where you could certainly do it in the shoulder, the spring and the fall, for sure. You're just going to probably put up with more rain and wind and cooler temperatures. And then we had kind of heard that, and, you know, this is just kind of secondhand. And I I think we had kind of heard that, you know, maybe in the winter, the, you know, the, you know, the tides and kind of the surging of the ocean is just far greater. Oh, yeah. It actually... And it might be actually really hard to hike the trail in the winter because you might just not be able to walk on the beach like nearly as much. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not an expert in that. So I kind of feel like it's one of those things where like, I mean, you could hike it year round, I guess. But personally, I would I think I would want to hike it in the core summer months. It seemed seemed to be great. You know, for us, it seemed to be great in the in the in the right in the middle of summer. Mm -hmm. Now, could this be someone's first through hike? I totally think it, it could be. Um, you know, usually like I'm hiking a lot of like other really crazy trails and I'm always like, oh, this should definitely not be someone's first through hike. Um, but no, the Oregon coast trail, I, I think it totally could be. I mean, it's, it's, it's really flat. Um, once in a while you climb like a thousand foot headland and go up and over and yeah, like there's, it's, there's probably, you know, there's tons of support, you know, in the local towns and people and 
I mean, if you, if you have to learn how to backpack somewhere and you wanted to do a long hike, I mean, I think this would be a great one. It's, you're not going to have to carry a lot of weight on your back. You're not going to have to like go long distances with, without food. Um, probably just getting your feet, you know, walking on the beach is not as romantic as it always sounds when you're carrying a backpack and you're, <laughs> you're, you're hiking all day. So yeah, I think this would be a great trail like, to get out there. And, but you know, it's funny because like on the flip side of that, there's a lot of things with the, you know, again, like the, the beach and the ocean sounds like such a great place to be. I mean, it's like a nightmare to camp on the beach. You wake up soaking wet. There's sand in your zippers. There's sand in your clothes. There's sand everywhere. Um, you know, walking, you know, if you happen to have a hot or a, a bright sunny day, the, the reflects off the sand and you get sunburned like under your chin or something. Uh, there's all kinds of things. If you're a new hiker that you're going to, you're going to, you'll, you'll learn, you'll learn quickly. That it's, it's, it's still not as easy as, as, it, as it sounds, but um, yeah, I totally think this would be a great place for someone to, to go that hasn't done a long trail before. Okay. So what type of physical condition should someone be in and how many miles per day should they expect to walk? I mean, I think they can be in any condition they want to be in. I mean, the long trails, like the eight Appalachian Pacific crest, they're, they're famous for people going out there, you know, with way overweight or way out of shape. And you just, you just walk yourself into shape. Um, of course, you know, you might be miserable for a while while you're doing that. Uh, so yeah, and the OCT, I mean, there's nothing special about it. I mean, given that you know, you probably have a little bit margin for error, cause like given how flat it is, you know, it's hard to say that it's like super physically demanding and given that it's pretty short, you have as much time as you want to take. So, you know, I, I, I hate to tell people, Oh yeah, go out there out of shape and overweight. You'll be fine. But the, the re, you know, the reality is, is I don't, I, I wouldn't want to tell someone, you know, you, you need to be running 30 or 40 miles a week and be in tip top performance or you can't do this. I mean, I think you'll, 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 you'll be happier if like you're fit and, uh, and whatnot, but yeah, I think you just get out there and I think you, you know, whatever shape you're in, I think you'll, you'll be fine. And then we, um, we averaged like 17 miles a day, which includes like our town stops and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, that's pretty normal for like, you know, an average kind of long distance hiker, but you know, for people who are new or this is their one trip for the summer, I mean, you can hike 10 miles a day and be totally fine. Um, on some trails like that might not be possible because you might then carry 10 days of food, but on the OCT, I feel like, you know, you can get food every couple of days. So you could go as slow or as fast as you want, really. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So just talking about food, I love food, like food's one of my favorite things. What type of food were you bringing with you and the types of meals you were making? Oh yeah. I'm a terrible person to ask this question to. <laughs> I, I have like the worst junk food diet. I'm fairly well known or famous for this. Actually, I, I have a very, very bad junk food diet. Um, yeah, I, I actually like have a, a, a life goal to get better at this. And yet I just, I still haven't done it. So yeah, I carry like those like 800 calorie gas station muffins for breakfast and I eat, <laughs> you know, chips and candy bars for lunch and I'll cook like, oh, my dinners are the only thing that you know, even gets close to healthy. Like if I do like couscous or noodles or something or like tortillas and cheese. So yeah, I'm not a good food. I mean, I just, I buy as I go and I, I resupply out of gas stations happily. And yeah, 
not not a good food person and I'm definitely not a good person to emulate by any, by any means. Okay. So what were the top things in your pack for uh, this hike? Um, you know, I mean, I think for this hike um, in particular, there's like a few things that you would want to have just, I mean, I'm just trying to think of it compared to like oh, other hikes you might do. And so like right. for me, like, like, cause the, like sunscreen and a good hat are really interesting on the, you know, for the OCT, because it's just, if you get that, if you get sunny days, even if it's not super hot, you get a sunny day on the beach, you just, you feel like you're so exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, we carry, we always carry like reflective umbrellas. Um, we've kind of become addicted to them. It's kind of like a luxury item, but there's kind of like a, a lightweight, like silver reflective umbrella that's become pretty popular. And we, we always used to carry them for like like desert type trails where it's really hot and you want to be under your umbrella. And now we've just kind of become addicted to them. Like they're great in the rain. They're, they're even great on the OCT when it happens to have a sunny day. Um, but it's a little windy out there. So sometimes the umbrella doesn't, um, doesn't work as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, my partner carried Heather, she carried flip-flops on this trail. Normally we don't take like camp shoes. Like we try to travel pretty lightweight. But I actually ended up buying a cheap pair of flip-flops on the way too, because um, it's just nice. Like sometimes you want to cross a river and not get your feet, your shoes. Like normally we we just walk through things, but you kind of always get your feet wet. So we would just take our shoes off and then like walk through something barefoot. And then the other side, like you're managing so much sand, it was like easy. Then you would drop your flip-flops on the ground, put you know put your feet in them, and then you can kind of keep your faint your feet not getting so sandy. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, those are some, those are some of the key things that we brought, like, otherwise, like if you're, you know, if you're going to be camping every night, like if we're, if you're near the the beach, we would wake up at like any night that we camped on the beach, we would just wake up like soaking wet from condensation. So, but otherwise we just really brought, you know, all the normal things we would bring on a trip. And so, you know, nothing too, nothing else too unusual. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, now we do talk about accessibility on this podcast and I understand the entire OCT is not an accessible trail, but were there accessible portions of the trail as someone wanted to experience part of the OCT? You know, so I can't, I can't I'm trying to think back and like, you know, we, you, you do walk through a lot of like really little famous Oregon coast things, like whether they're little day hiking trails. Um, mm. And I, I feel like those are the kind of things that sometimes, you know, do have like a, a really nice accessible gravel path. I, I, I right. can't just, I, I just can't quite bring up in my, I mean, I remember like we went to like Devil's Punch Bowl, which I think is quite famous. I think it's called that Devil's Punch Bowl, Devil's Cauldron maybe. And um, I, I feel like I remember thinking, you know, if I would think back to that, I think that had a a reasonably good path. And then the other thing would just be, um, I typically, or I used to live kind of on the coast in San Diego and I would see people out there in those, those wheelchairs with like the big, like beach tires. Yeah. So I mean, uh-huh. maybe the, maybe the OCT is actually the best trail to be accessible. Cause like you could just roll, you could roll down the beach for miles. Right. So. Right. Okay. That's interesting. Interesting point. Um, okay. Thanks for that. Uh, also, the 804 trail in Yahats is is a good one, but a very short. 
part of the trail. Yeah, I and I think anything that I'm thinking of would be short. Like the rest of the trail, you're either, I mean, unless you, I mean, certainly you could, you could, you know, it would be accessible to, to, to have a wheelchair on uh, or something like that on like Highway 101, but it probably wouldn't be very enjoyable. Right, so, right. You know, the OCT is basically beach, road, and headlands. And so, okay. uh, yeah. All right. Now, did you need any special permits to hike the OCT? Uh, no, no, I don't think there's a, no, there's not a single permit that you need. You only have to really pay attention to camping legally. So, okay. um, theoretically, I guess, yeah, like it wouldn't be a permit, but like you might need some campground reservations if you were looking at, you know, doing campgrounds. Yeah. Now, what about the whole trail name thing? You know, you hear about like people's trail names. Do you keep the same trail name? Do you... Did you use a trail name? I know you didn't really see many other OCT hikers, but just curious how that works. Yeah, we, um, so yeah, so like both me and my partner, you know, we have trail names because we've been, you know, we've been through hiking for, I've been through hiking for like over 20 years now. And my, my partner has been through hiking for like at least 10 or 11 years. Yeah. And so yeah, you, you get a, yeah, we got, you get a trail name. So my trail name is Buck 30 and hers is Steady. And you get a trail name and we, you know, we just stick with it. Um, You know, we stick with it all the time. Although, you know, but of course it's completely like useless on the Oregon coast trail because we don't actually see any other hikers. And so we, and then, and then funnily enough, like uh, Heather and I met like five years ago while hiking, but we were hiking like a really obscure trail. And so we, we just called each other, Brian and Heather. And so we, we don't even, we, we've never even used trail name, I, you know, trail names for each other either. So huh. uh, I, I think unless you're on like an Appalachian trail or Pacific crest trail where like trail names are a really big thing. Um, yeah. Like the OCT, there's, there's no one to really tell your trail name to. And if I, if I go into a town and tell someone like I'm buck 30 or something, they're just going to look at me kind of cross-eyed. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Okay. Are, are there any other special tips uh, that you'd recommend or any other apps that you'd recommend for hiking the OCT? Yeah, I've got really, I got one big one that I probably couldn't figure out a way to, to fit in here. I can maybe a couple big ones. So the, really the biggest thing to me for enjoyment of the OCT is getting these I, I kind of alluded to it is getting these boat rides across yes the rivers. yes, yes. So, th- so this is the way this is the way to do the oct it's like you're walking down this like magical beach for miles and then you you know you're gonna hit like a river or a bay and if you can plan ahead and get yourself a ride across you'll then just get dumped off on the other side and usually it's like pretty inaccessible to other people because it's fairly remote, like there's not good access. And so again, you'll have like this magical walk continuing on on the beach as opposed to like having to divert inland and start walking roads. And so there, there was um, there was about a half a dozen places where we basically either paid for a boat ride with like a local marina or, you know, if we were lucky enough to hit a spot that was more popular and we would just ask like a random boater for a ride across like a river or a, or a bay. Yeah. Um, and so that was a big thing. Like they, they ranged, like there was, there was one Marina that for like $10, you 
you would just kind of call real quick and they'd come over and grab you. There was, there's a couple others that are a little bit pricier. They're like, like $50, but you know, for, I think for, for them, it's like, it's not really probably worth coming out for, you know, a small amount of money. So, um, but it was worth it to us. Like for the, you know, it's not, we don't normally like just kind of blowing money on stuff like that, but it was totally mm -hmm. worth it for like two people. It was like 50 bucks and you would get a ride across this big bay. And it just kept us from having to keep road walking. Um, and then there was other times where, you know, there was a river or an estuary in the way. And then, you know, the road walk around was just a few miles and maybe it went through a small town where you could grab a meal. Um, and so that one, we would just road walk around because it, it just wasn't worth like paying someone to try, you know, trying to find someone to pay someone to, 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 to get you across. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that was, that, that's the way to do it. Like I, I have a friend who I think hiked the OCT and basically didn't do that at all and just ended up road walking just, you know, dozens and dozens of extra miles that are just, you know, that's no fun really. So, um, yeah, that's the, that's the biggest one. I think the other thing I probably should mention is there's actually a really good guidebook for the trail. Um, there's this woman, Bonnie, yeah, Bonnie, I believe. And she has a, it's, I think it's, she, she wrote it kind of like to hike the Oregon coast trail. And then something like her, maybe her the publishing company thought it would do better as a, as a day hiking guide. So it's, it's kind of, I think it's called like, you know, day hiking the Oregon coast trail or day hiking the Oregon coast, uh -huh. but it's, it's written in such a way that like it connects the entire trail from North to South. Oh. Um, and she's like the expert on this. She has like a blog and she updates it. She updates things on her blog. She seems to be like the number one person who's like really into the OCT. Yeah. Um, so I would totally recommend people buy that guidebook. It was like, for us, it was like invaluable. It helped us figure out where, you know, where should we get a boat ride across and, you know, what, and, and, and she updates things with like, she found a, a better route through, she, she took us through like some, you know, multi-million dollar residential neighborhood that we wouldn't have really thought about, but it, it avoided, you know, hiking on highway 101. And right. so that was really, that was really cool. Okay. Um, I will find the guidebook and put a link to it in the show notes. Yeah. I think her name's Bonnie Henderson, but I don't want I think that's if I, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, sorry. One other, I want one other thing I want to make yeah. sure I mention is um, along the lines of the boat thing or getting across the rivers and nest and bays and stuff. If you happen to know how to pack raft, it's like, I think, and I'm not a pack rafter, but I think a couple of people have done this and they've actually carried like, you know, six pound pack rafts. And when they get to a, a river or a, a bay, they just hop in their boat and like paddle themselves across. Wow. That, just, that sounds like the best way to possibly do the OCT. Um, you probably need to know what you're doing. Some of those bays can be pretty big. And I think you know, oh, and there's big tide issues. I've heard, I, we, we were told like, you gotta be careful. You, you just need to know what you're doing. I think like you could be swept out to the ocean in, a, in, an, out, in, a, in an outgoing tide. But if you own a pack raft, hopefully you actually know what you're doing. Right. So, um, Do you think it would be worth the extra weight? I totally think it would be. Like, I know it's, you know, I think if you have a, if you're, if you're a pack rafter, it's, you know, I think the raft itself is maybe six pounds. Then you need a paddle and a life jacket. But I think it would be on this kind of trail. Cause like, there's so many times where, you know, like, and we, we took a, we got at least, we got, I think about a half a dozen pitches across, you know, a, a body of water, but there was at least another half a dozen times that we just walked around that, you know, if we had had a, a pack raft, we could have just gone on our own. So yeah, I think that would be awesome. But again, like 
I, I don't, I've never done a, a real pack rafting trip. So I, I probably wouldn't just go out there and, well, I mean, you probably learn along the way. Just, just don't get swept out. Just don't get swept out. In a, in a, don't in an die. Tide. We, yeah. We've heard the tides are really, can be really strong in certain, you know, areas and like, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, so yeah. Cool. Oh, and did you see any whales or cool wildlife while, while hiking the OCT? Yeah, I should have mentioned that, like, at the very beginning when we were talking about, like, what was special. Like, I think, actually, this trail is super unique, like, compared to other trails. Um, yeah, we did we did see, like, I mean, we, I think we saw, like, some whale, whatever, the tails popping out of the water. And there's a fa- I can't remember where it was. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle. It's kind of Depot Bay. Area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Um, we also saw, like, seals and just, like, the bird life was just really incredible. Um yeah, the, the birds were just absolutely incredible. Like just sometimes you just have like thousands of birds. It felt like just, you know, flying all around you. And we're not really good at identifying things, but um, it just was really like interesting and fun to hike with. And then um, I really like the starfish too. Like we would, we would get to these like really cool, like rock outcroppings on the beach. And there would just be like giant orange starfish attached to them. Yeah. Stuff like uh-huh. that. So yeah, really cool. Um, Really cool, like wildlife compared to I think other trails. Um, no bears or anything, so yeah, uh, a little different. Wow. Well, this just sounds like a trail that I would love to hike one day. Um, I've spent many times driving the Oregon Coast Trail, and hopefully dodging hikers and um, and staying at you know motels and that sort of thing, but but camping along the Oregon Coast Trail just sounds like a dream. Yeah, I think uh, I mean we we really enjoyed our hike and, and kind of I mentioned at one point like we had just read a lot of like bad stuff about it, which was weird. So like I I think like uh, I think it's a great trail to go do, and so um, I'd recommend it to anybody. Just you know don't 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 yell at me if you're walking down highway 101 and running through the Hasita tunnel I, I i did try to warn i did try to at least caveat that okay all right and what is next for you what's your next trail uh so i'm working a couple months now and then uh in the spring i'm doing this like thousand mile loop around the great basin of nevada wow. so about the most extreme opposite of what uh, the Oregon Coast Trail is. Wow, that I haven't even heard of this loop. No, yeah, this is um, this this is called the Great Basin Trail, and it's it's created a a hiker friend of mine created a completely you know, he created a route out of thin air, uh, you know, a thousand miles in Nevada around the Great around the Great Basin, and he's hiked it himself a couple times, but. Um, other than that, I think like one person has completed it uh, so far. So yeah, it's very, very, very obscure, but it's, it's right up my alley. We're, we're big desert people and like we like the big remote weird stuff. So, um, and, and actually weirdly enough in 2019, when we, when we did the OCT, we were actually like refugees from our own desert trail. We were hiking a, um, we were hiking like a 2000 mile route from Mexico to Canada through the the deserts of like Eastern California, uh, Western Nevada, and then Eastern Oregon and Eastern Washington. And the way we had done the trail, we did it like as a, um, uh, by the time we started it, you know, we were right in the middle of summer and it was just getting really hot. And so we actually, in the middle of Nevada, we actually took off a month and hiked the Oregon coast trail 
to let the, the let, let the summer temperatures cool a little bit. And then we came back to Nevada, like right after the Oregon Coast Trail, and then continued walking. So, wow. yeah, it's a great place to, you know, when you need to wait out the heat of the summer, just go over to the Oregon Coast. Yeah, you really are a serial hiker. Oh, yes. I'm, uh, my whole life revolves around long distance hiking, and I try to work as little as humanly possible. I love it. Okay, and final question. What has been your favorite through hike? Oh, man. God, this is such a tough question. Um, I guess, you know, it's all relative to the times you've done it. So, like, I would say that my my second ever hike was the, was the Pacific Crest Trail back in 2004. And that, back in 04, um, the PCT was just, like, the most sublime 2,700 miles I could, you know, I, I could possibly do. Uh, you know, the trails changed a lot in the last 20 years. It's just so much more crowded and mm-hmm. it keeps burning. It keeps burning. Right. So, uh, more, more recently, like this desert route, I just, uh, kind of mentioned has been just really epic. And we also, we also hiked this really, not to belabor it the point too much, but we also hiked this really cool route in 2017 called the hot springs trail. And it went from, um, Santa Barbara, California, across California, across Nevada, and then up Idaho to Canada, and it, it passes a hundred hot springs on the way. Wow. So, yeah. So that was just really, it's, and it was, it's extremely rugged and difficult, but it is nice that occasionally you get to like find a random hot spring and dip in. And that's another route that was like kind of created by a really cool hiker out of nowhere. He just, you know, he pieced together this route on his own. Aria Zoner is his name. And he wrote a guidebook and it's like, yeah, it's a really epic thing. So that, that's one of my favorite things to do that I've done as well. Cool. That is so cool. That sounds like a future episode. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, although we were, we were the third and fourth finishers back in 2017 and no one's, no one's attempted it since. (gasps) Wow. uh, this will be a plug. This will be a promotional plug for it. I've been desperately trying to find another hiker who wants to go out there and do it. Cause it's not, I mean, it's, it's for, it's for experienced folks, but it's not, it's impossible. I think it's, it's very, very doable. And so I'm, I really want someone else to go out there and do it, but I, I don't know what the deal is. It's a hundred hot springs. What's, what else do I have to say? Right. Right. Okay. We will do an episode on it and, and generate some, some interest. Yeah. Nice. Okay, fun. Well, thank you, Brian, so much for coming on the show, sharing your words of wisdom, and hopefully you have ignited uh, a passion, a fire for someone to go hike the OCT and uh, maybe the hot spring trail. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to Experiences You Should Have podcast. Again, we have many hiking podcast episodes on experiences that you should have, like hiking the AT, the PCT, the CDT, the Florida Trail, the Te Araroa, and many more. Um, so please get in there check out our hiking episodes. I will link to them in the show notes as well as the information from today. And if you love hiking, you love adventure, you value experiences, then 
you're my people. You're an experience seeker. And if you know other experience seekers, then tell them about this podcast. And who knows, you or your friends may just be on the show next.